Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Today we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. You know, growing up, I loved dinosaurs. I had all these little plastic dinos that you could totally cut someone open with because they were made of some, like, hard-ass plastic and had all these little sharp edges and shit. I feel like I was born at the perfect time to love dinosaurs. There was all this stuff. There was the Dinosaurs TV show, which was hilarious, The Land Before Time, which I don't really remember that well, but I remember it being a very emotional movie. Uh, Jurassic Park came out when I was the ripe age of eight, which was awesome. And who can forget Whoopi Goldberg's classic hit, Theodore Rex. Well, okay, okay. I never saw that movie as a kid, but I've seen it now, and I actually do want to forget it. Today's movie has some dinosaurs in it, and and let's just say there's no way I could have ever guessed there was going to be dinosaurs in this movie. I mean, the poster does have... I'm sure there... I mean, the poster just has Sybil Danning with a robot, at least on... I believe that's what I know on, on Tubi, but there are different posters and stuff with her. And there's like you, a little bit of a dinosaur kind of hiding around the corner of the poster or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, we're covering 1988's The Phantom Empire, a movie with a really cool fucking title. It kind of sounds like a shitty metalcore band. <laughs> Once again, I, I keep coming out. <laughs> I think it's the second time I brought up like metalcore in a row. <laughs> I need to stop listening to so much metalcore. I'm 36 years old now. It's time to start listening to some real fucking music. Jesus Christ, I can only listen to so many chuggy, chuggy, chuggy breakdowns. Anyway, I'm making music again, and it's pretty much a bunch of chuggy, chuggy breakdowns. You gotta love it. I'm angry inside. So anyway, let's get into this Fred Olin Ray mess of a movie. And let's do it by uh, starting our private alien investigation agency. And we'll hire a couple of nerds to get the real work done. Flirt with some alien nails and get that cocaine red going because the clock strikes at midnight, bitch, and it's time to kill some fucking cave dwellers. Now play that shit theme song. It's the most podcast you We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the mustache What is up? It is your host, Daniel J. Segura, and today we are having another Solo Tolo! <laughs> that is right. We are having another Solo Cholo. Uh, I haven't had one of these in a while. And honestly, this is a weird one because I saw and took notes for this movie almost like a week ago. So I'm really going to go by my dough. I wanted to watch it again, but I'm I'm busy. I'm busy. I love the show. I'm putting in as much effort as I can. And I did take decent notes. But I don't <laughs> – there's going to be some stuff where I'm reading the notes. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> because I don't really remember that much. This is unfortunately one of those movies. I think I read something that it was shot in six days. It was directed by Fred Olin Ray, so obviously there's not a lot to expect in that. That's not surprising. Uh, this is pretty much what he was famous for. Um, he wrote the script like over a weekend or something while he was making another movie, Commando Squad, in 1987. God, the 80s were so fucking cool. Like, it was just, you just can't do this now. It, you cannot do this now. And Fred Olin Ray was just busting them out, just 
basically how I can't stop shitting throughout the day because I think I have a gluten issue and I just don't want to admit it. So I'm just going to keep pooping. Um, he just could not help but just fart out these fucking movies. Just queef them out. Right out the pee hole. It is amazing. As in most solo chillers, there's always going to be weird pauses and I'm going to be too lazy to take them out because I'm also sipping on some rum. I'm actually, I'm actually recording this and then I'm going to record a mini bin with, uh, with Mike Wood, Tim Yobo from the, um, you know, that bloody bits horror show that by the way is, I think, um, they're, um, getting on their knees for, um, Manscaped. So get out there and get you a Manscaped, um, just look up their podcast and see what the, I'm not sure what the, um, code is or whatever, but yeah, go ahead and. You know, shave around your, you know, what's weird is I have kind of a, a hairy chest and I'm, I can never, I'm never sure if I should like, I, I keep the chest. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I just refuse to keep shaving it. It's ridiculous. Why would I do that? But I would like to at least trim the hair around my nipples, but I feel like you shouldn't go too far or else it's going to be way too um, distinct. And like, you're just going to have like a little, a little circle around your nipples of bare skin. So anyway, that's aside from anything else. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. Jesus. I I would like to say I'm going to edit that out, but as usual, I'm probably not. Anyway, so back to The Phantom Empire. I just really like the name of this movie, The Phantom Empire. I think what it is, it's all it's these like phantom and empire are words that were just very much they've all been part of something. Hell, I even have a song called Empires. So, I mean, it's just, it's good. You got the Phantom of the Opera. Um, the Phantom Empire, I think, was like a 1930s. Like, I'm not sure if it was a Western movie. I'm assuming. You know. But I know I it popped up on Tubi as well. And I have not seen that movie before. Maybe some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? That movie is great. I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Um, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe there's a mustache. Who knows? But and I watched The Phantom Empire of 1988, and um, I believe it was 1988, right? Pretty sure. I think my memory is serving me well, as sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Yes, 1988. And you know why I decided to do a solo cello on this? Because it's only an hour and 23 minutes. And then I watch it, and this movie felt like way longer than that. It felt so long. There were so many like runtime, runtime, runtime situations, which uh, you often run into with these uh, schlocky, low budget films. And this movie really—I mean, this movie is definitely schlocky, but it's—it's it's not gory. It's basically—it's basically an alien. I wouldn't even say alien invasion type movie. It's just like. An otherworldly, it's like Narnia, but like with tits. <laughs> and instead of like, isn't Narnia about like going into a closet or something? Um, like you go into like, are they open up a wardrobe or something? And that's how they get to Narnia. I don't know. I've never seen it or read the books. I'm just like making up shit because that's what I get to do on the show. And no one's going to tell me not to. Um, it's like the Native American in the cupboard, you know? <laughs> Um, but instead of the, instead of the wardrobe or whatever cabinet or whatever it is, it's a cave. 
And uh, this cave opens up to um, what seems like a different realm of some sort that has all kinds of the fixins, all the fixins that you would expect in this kind of movie. Uh, you get super uh, well. You get you get a nail. You gotta have a you gotta have some cave nails. Um, that I guess are kind of it's weird because they all follow this one person played by Sybil Danning. Her character's name is Alien Queen, so they didn't even really give her a name. They just should have called her Titty Queen or uh, Titty Alien or something because she and she just has, once again, something that I think I've mentioned in some past episodes. She has a giant um, titty window in her alien outfit, which I got to say, one of my favorite things. Like, I like me a, a nice little window. And it doesn't it, it covers up a little bit, but not too much. Leaves you some for the imagination. It looks it looks nice. It's Sybil Danning, so she looks great in whatever uh she's wearing in those days. Um and so of course they put her in some tight, like, I don't know, uh nylon or no, it's not nylon. What would you call that material? There's a name for it, and I can't think of it right now. Shit. It's not spandex. Is it vinyl? No. It's not like shiny black type material. Damn it. I can't think of the name. But anyway, she's in that. But then all her followers that I guess are of her people are like cave women almost because they're just wearing very little clothing, of course. Um, and it's just like a little like, you know, cave lady bra and little cave lady panties. And then at some point, they're you know one of the one of the I, I were calling them Nels because like they don't speak they just like or and also um, my first episode that I was on in the grind bin I I made a joke about Nell <laughs> I promise it was funny and uh, it's been a, a bit that I've kept up for a while and it makes me laugh every time so I will call these people cave cave Nels because I don't care. I don't care if you don't think it's funny. And there's a, po a point at some point where uh, they're, they're, the boobs are out and uh, they seem not to care. So it's very like they're kind of I, I guess it's part of their alien culture. But then Sybil Danning is dressed like all cool and shit like futuristic. It's very confusing. They have technology. I don't know if Sybil Danning maybe picked up these nail hose like <laughs> on some other planet. She doesn't mention it, I don't think. But anyway. Then at some point you run into some, there's like dinosaurs and shit. It's fucking bonkers. I mean, let's just kick, let's just, I'll, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. This isn't going to be long, y'all. This is going to be quick and easy. But it opens up with like this quote from Fred Olin Ray that says, The story you are about to see is true. Nothing has been changed. These are the real people who live this great adventure, and this is exactly the way it really happened ellipses just as they told it to me i really mean this period dash fred olin ray all right <laughs> it's funny what cocaine does you know and then the film opens up with like a kaleidoscope cam that's what i always call it when it looks like a, it's like the same image you know you've seen it on your instagram filters and your snapchat filters are showing off your pee pee and just sending it off to all the ladies, you little horny pervert boy. Uh, <laughs> and you hear some, like, monster noises. 
And then we see this dude with this, he has a huge mouth. I never, so there's a couple of things. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the show, you know, 80 some odd episodes. I've said a lot of things. I don't trust a guy, and I apologize if this is you. If you're looking in the mirror right now and you're like, oh, that's me, I apologize, but it's gonna, I'm going to judge you right away. I don't trust a guy with a big mouth. Like if you just physically, not a big mouth as in your talky-talky. Obviously, I won't like you anyway. Nobody likes that person. <laughs> but if you physically have like a large mouth, I don't know why. I just automatically don't trust you. And if you have like... Not um, like I guess what they would say beady eyes or like like kind of um, like small, small eyes. Like I have like, you know, I have kind of a, a wide almond shape, you know, like uh, to <laughs> this is obvious. <laughs> this is going to come across if you're a, OK. So let me break. If you're a because I grew up with nothing but Latinos around me for the most part. So if you're a Latino Chicano dude. And you got squinty ass eyes and you're not high. I'm not going to trust you. You're going to have to earn that trust. If You, you just kind of look shifty to me. I'm just not going to trust you. Obviously, if you're some other culture that might have uh, eyes that are different, I'm not going to. I'm going to trust you. <laughs> you see me backtracking like a motherfucker. I'm like moonwalking back to so I don't get immediately canceled. God, it's 14. It's like 14 minutes into the episode. Jesus Christ. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Jeez, man, I'm just trying to talk. So then we get back to the kaleidoscope cam. The monster, uh, we're assuming it's a monster. It's like breathing and shit and all hard and stuff. It's either a monster, um, just a very excited person walking through the, the wilderness, and he sees a little, the, or it sees a little dog, and the owner's being a real asshole to this dog. He's like, where are you, son of a bitch? We got to go. We see the dog, and it's now turned into some kind of like um, – stew it just looks like it just looks like a melted meat dog uh and then the monster starts to walk up to a woman who i'm guessing is big mouth's uh wife and we all of a sudden we see this mutant creature and it has this classic weird frozen monster face because you know let's keep let's face it we got to keep this budget low baby your monster is only gonna have one fucking face the whole movie and that's just the way it's gonna be we're not here for emotes this isn't Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're not putting you in a costume with little robotic animatronic shit going on in the background. No, 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 no. You're going to have the same fucking face. And that's the way it's going to be. By the way, wasn't that so dope when you were, like, if you're in your 30s, that was so freaking dope when you were a kid. You're like, holy shit, the Ninja Turtles are, like, talking and shit, and it's real. Um, love that so much. God. I bet if I'm sure if I watch it now, I'd hate it, but it was great at the time. Anyway, you get one of the best. Honestly, I thought the whole movie was going to be like this after this part because the monster comes up to the to the big mouth guy and just rips this dude's like he just pulls this dude's head clean off like like. It's the only thing I can think of, but it's like watching Twilight when they rip that guy's head off and you're just like, OK, <laughs> Except it's in the beginning, so you're not as shocked as you are in Twilight when it's been this, like, super lame, fluffy piece of shit movie and all of a sudden a guy's head gets ripped off. Uh, I hate that movie. Um, then uh, we head over to C&C Salvage, which makes no sense. That's obviously just the door that said C&C Salvage. And apparently these are a couple of... I guess private detectives are 
they almost seem like this should just be like the um the uh, dirty job guys or you know hey we'll do a favor for you agency <laughs> that might be a thing hey i'll do a favor for you agency <laughs> because you got you got this lady with um giant red hair that comes in nothing against giant red hair love me some fire hair fuck yes and she's got this big fur coat cuz she's rich her name is Danea Chambers. I think I'm saying that right. Dania, Danea. And we see the great Ross Hagen with his, he's slightly less cocaine red in this movie, but I did cover Wonder Women, uh, which has uh, Sid Haig in it and a couple other uh, really great uh, B-movie actors from back in the day. I covered that movie with the grind bin a long time ago. I think I was back, uh, that was back when I was living in L.A., and uh, Ross Hagen is in that movie, and he is so fucking high on cocaine, I almost, I got like a contact tie, and I wasn't even that close to him. It's amazing. But in this movie, he's actually kind of chill. I think this was his weed phase or something. Or maybe he like dropped the coke for a little bit, because I think Wonder Woman's a little older. It is older, because he does, he, he in Wonder Woman, he looks like he's supposed to be a, like a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fuck. What do you call it? Like a, uh, Jesus. I can't think of it. Like, you know, like a, he's supposed to be an attractive, like a sexual icon. Like that's what they're trying to go for. Like, oh, this guy's like, cause I think, uh, Wonder Woman is like in the seventies. I'm not sure. I don't want to check it, but I think it's like late seventies. Maybe, um, it's going to bother me that I can't remember what that's called, but he was supposed to have a lot of sex appeal in that movie. I know y'all know what it is. And, in this movie, he kind of looks like he's supposed to have that, but he just looks like a burned out ass <laughs> uncle. He looks like a drunk uncle. Like that's what he looks like in this movie. He just looks like a drunk uncle. Um, while in Wonder Women, he looks like a drunk uncle, but like a bachelor one. That's like he's a drunk uncle, but he's still getting some tail. Um. Anyway, there's a lot of flirting. We meet Eddie. Um who seems like a real piece of work. She looks like a real fucking piece of fucking work. And as we know, I don't know how many Eddies y'all know, but most of the Eddies I know are complete garbage humans, like just pieces of garbage shit that you cannot trust. Don't trust them. Don't do it. Anyway, so <laughs> Hank mentions he hasn't... <laughs> He hasn't read a paper in weeks because he's been on that big job. So he hasn't heard about this monster attack <laughs> that happened at this dude's place. <laughs> Could you imagine if a real fucking monster attack? That's what makes me think, like, is this movie taking place in a different universe where, like, monster attacks happen? Because I feel like this would have been everywhere. And I don't give a fuck if you're on a big job, quote unquote. You should have found out about – at some point, someone's going to say, like, after you're done with the big job or maybe while you're, like, taking a break, someone says, hey, dude, did you hear about that big fucking monster that, like, killed, like, that wife and then pulled the dude's head off and he killed their dog? Someone's going to hear about it. But I guess not. But anyway, we find out that this monster had, like, a jewel or some shit that was, like, an unpolished stones that were valued at over half a million dollars. Uh, but and they also I, I, coroners, I guess. I I don't know how they found this out because I don't think they killed the monster. But they the 
the people that came, the investigators, not coroners, but the investigators found out that more than likely this thing lived in the cave beneath the surface. Some shit like that. She says, uh, she says somewhere deeper in the earth. That's just a weird way of saying underground. That's just like a very like nerdy way to say underground. Anyway, the credits keep scrolling from here. And uh, throughout most of the beginning of this, by the way, it's very annoying. By the way, this seems like a good a good time for me to cut to a to a, an ad for a a podcast. I'm not sure which podcast I'm going to be promoting, but uh, go ahead and check it out. Everybody knows that true crime can be a real buzz killer, so why not pair it with a nice glass of wine? The deep dives are kept light with banter and personal tales, and even the occasional boozy hiccup. Buzzkillers can be streamed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you like to listen. Check out our website, www.buzzkillerspodcast.com, for more information. All right, welcome back from said promotion of said podcast. I hope you like that. I think I'm. I think hopefully I picked one where I can read a script. I feel like reading a script. You know, I see always see that as like extra work because I don't I don't do ads in this show. I just don't. I guess I should try. I don't know. There's only like ten of y'all. Like nobody cares about about advertising to ten listeners. <laughs> Um, I'm kidding. There's a whole bunch of y'all, but I'm just too lazy to, to try. I don't have the energy that, uh, a lot of these great shows have. I need, I need to, I need to start, maybe I need to take a page, uh, take a little note from Hagen's or maybe start my cocaine. Is it, is it a bad idea to start a coke habit in the, in your mid thirties? Probably right. Like I'm going to take two lines and, and I'm going to die. I'm just going to conk out. I'm going to feel fucking amazing for like five seconds and then just darkness, just death. I'm not sure that might be worth it, but I mean, still, no, 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 I am, I am, I will not start a coke habit. I won't. If I live to 85, I will do a bunch of coke. I'll do a lot of drugs. If I get to 85, I'm going to do a lot of drugs. I doubt it. I doubt it, but we'll see. So anyway, there's this whole thing going on. We find out about this. <laughs> we find out about this lost. Is anyone listening to this? No. We find out about this lost city of Rayliar, which I think they only say it once. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think Fred Olin Ray decided to say the name of this lost city fucking once. I don't think they ever say it again. The lost city of Rayliar. Which I guess kind of sounds like that he was reaching for some Atlantis bullshit, except this is in a cave instead of underwater. And Hagen uh, says uh, to the client, you know, that the client's going to have to pay all the expenses, a grand a week, two-week minimum, and he'll be down to find this fucking fake city. Danea says she will give them 200 a week, and they'll have to split everything between him and Eddie. 
and whatever they end up like um I mean whatever they end up making from like finding all the pearls or whatever the gems or crystals whatever the fuck they're looking for that are worth a lot of money they'll sp- they'll split it 60/40. So she gives him $3,000 to cover fees and to purchase equipment. Can you believe how much I pulled from this? Like I take such good note. I'm I'm just want to let you know. When I want to try my try is better. Like if 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 we're okay, say we're both trying to take notes to watch a movie. I guarantee you I will take more. I type so fucking fast. It's amazing. It's such a stupid talent, and I hate it. But anyway, so because I'm not even pausing. I don't think I paused once this whole movie. I'm just fucking taking notes like a son bitch. Luckily, there's so much like slow bullshit of them walking around. It gave me plenty of time. Um, anyway, we're almost through this. <laughs> By the way, I just realized that... I 100% completely failed to mention who we are honoring for this episode. That is right. We are honoring not Jeffrey Combs. I get it. You all like him. You know, he's been in a lot of movies, specifically Reanimator, that a lot of people love him. But he doesn't have a mustache. He has a little baby face. He has a little baby boy face. Jeffrey Combs. No, we are honoring a guy that looks like the creepiest uncle, and I give him a ton of respect for that, for owning it. Russ Tamblin. He's always sported some facial hair, but he has sported some masterful mustaches in the past. Um, very famous, of course, you know, for his um, time on Twin Peaks as uh, Dr. Lawrence Jacoby. Um, which I loved him in. I still have so much Twin Peaks to watch. Like, I think I've only seen maybe the first two seasons, I think. That's just one of the shows that I fell off of. It, honestly, I'll tell you the truth. It was a show I was watching with my ex-wife. And so I think because we were watching it together and then we divorced, I was like, I don't want to watch that show. <laughs> but you know what? I think I can jump back on it. <laughs> I should jump back on it. Um, most recently he was on the ha- Haunting of Hill House, uh, TV miniseries. I forget the name of the character, but he was, he was in, I guess, one of those episodes. I don't think he was a regular because I saw that show and I don't remember seeing him a lot. So he must've been on like one episode or something, but he's been on a ton of shit. This guy's been working since he was like a kid. I think he got like his first gig, like at five or something that I read, um, which is amazing. So he's, he's been in the biz biz for a long, long time and I'm sure he's managed to make a decent amount of money to uh to live fairly comfortably unless he's living kind of like the way he's living in this movie <laughs> where uh Hagen mentions a map uh but he says that this guy's super crazy and of course it's played by Russ and uh Russ's character's name oh my god what the fuck is his name B- oh <laughs> the wonder I forgot it's Bill it's one of the <laughs> top it's one of the top white guy names of all time, Bill. So yes, uh, he mentions uh, he mentions this guy with this with this map. Danea says, "Don't take advantage of me financially," and Hagen says, "Well, I won't take advantage of you financially. You horny little fucker, Hagen. You." So then uh, Hagen's uh, dressed like Indiana Jones now for the rest of the movie. But like, if Indiana Jones was poor and not a librarian, like. Well, actually, librarians don't make a shitload of money, I don't think. I could be wrong. But for some reason, Indiana Jones had a lot of – always looked really good. I wonder if maybe he just pocketed some of the treasures. Um, maybe. 
And he meets up with Rust Hamlin, who has um, a really great, like, messy, messy mustache, which you got to love. You know, like, you could almost smell, like, the broth. Like, you know that that mustache smells like like beef broth. <laughs> um, he mentions he likes to collect rock samples, blah, blah, blah. He acts so fucking weird. It's so good. He is the best part of this movie. I don't even know. I feel bad that he's in it, honestly. He's, like, too good for this movie. And it's so crazy because he has, like, one of the smallest parts, but he fucking owns it. It's like, if you're going to watch anything in this movie, watch the scene with Russ Tamblin, which is, like, in the first, like, 20, 30 minutes. Um, have a couple, you know, go ahead and forward on through the movie. You can watch um, Sybil Danning run. And you're good. Uh, you can maybe watch a little bit of the Nell. There's a robot fight. But uh, for the most part... Best scene in the movie right here. He's drinking a shitload of booze. He's he, like, you can tell, like, this guy's an alcoholic. He's walking around with a hurt leg because he hurt it when he, they were in, the, they went to that lost city at some point and got all fucked up by the cave people. Uh, which kind of, they kind of are like the sand people, basically, with uglier faces. Maybe it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the sand people took off all the bandages and little, like, bolts and shit all over their face. Maybe that's the way they would look. But he got all hurt, so he's all PTSD'd out. So he just drinks all the time and stuff. And Hagen wants that fucking map. And he's like, he's saying no at first, but then I think they offer him a shitload of money. And he agrees. And so that works out very nice. Uh, he brings out this map that kind of looks like it could have been on the other side of a McDonald's kid's placemat from the 90s. <laughs> you remember those? You used to have crossword puzzles and shit. Ah, those are the good days. Kids don't understand how fucking dope it was back then. But I'm sure that's what, like, you know, uh, older people said when I was a kid. So then uh, we find out that Hagen's favorite color is khaki from now on. Um, like I said, Indiana Jones, full khakied out, just different shades of khaki. Uh, Big Red arrives and Hagen wakes up Eddie, who's all knocked out in a Mustang. She throws coffee on her face to wake herself up. I have that in my notes. That is not how coffee works, Eddie, you dumb bitch. You don't just throw coffee on your face to wake up. I get that you're supposed to be edgy cool, but um, no. So then a uh, dude in a Volvo or some shit comes through, and they meet with some dudes. Uh, they, they meet, they, these, are, these are some dudes for the expedition. <sighs> Jesus, Fred Olin Ray. He named these characters Paris and Artemis because Coke. I don't know. Um, uh, I think I think Paris is the Jeffrey Combs guy, and Artemis is another guy. They're just I I had in my notes these guys must be warm bodies to be killed, but they don't die. <laughs> they don't die. Um, Paris is an arch. He plays an archaeologist. Artemis is a mineral 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 mineral. And uh, he t he's supposed to tell them how much everything is worth, basically. So he's honestly the most important one, Artemis, because obviously they're going to a cave. There's going to be a bunch of rocks. Who knows what anything's worth? Um, blah, blah, blah. They get on with their shit. And then I'm going to touch on this, and I'm going to really buzz through the rest of this movie because we we're, we're, we're quite a ways in. We get maybe one of the most blatant racist shit about Mexicanos I've seen in a while in a movie. They mention a guy named Pedro, or Pedro, and, and and this guy's supposed to protect the cars while they're on their expedition, right? He's supposed to just 
watch the cars because they're in such a busy place where people might take the cars. <laughs> they're in the middle of nowhere by a cave. Which, by the way, I'm in the beginning of the movie. I'm kind of shocked someone even lived near this place because it looks like they're in the middle of nowhere. <sighs> Obviously, two different locations that they shot those two scenes in uh, the intro scene and where we're at now. So they mentioned Pedro. And they're like, well, let's go get him. They have this man sleeping in the trunk of Hagen's Mustang. He's literally sleeping in a trunk. This is like in Seinfeld when fucking Kramer had like some Asian people sleeping in drawers or some shit. Uh, Hagen opens up the trunk and a little Spanish guitar riff plays akin to what you hear when you hear a gong play when an Asian man enters scenes in some movies. In fact, that happens in Wonder Women. And Hagen mentions, oh, Pedro will take care of the cars. And uh, we're going to go ahead and head out. And he's like, of course, like, Pedro says not to worry. He makes his – because I think Eddie makes a, a, a some kind of shit like, yeah, what if Pedro steals it, steals the cars? <laughs> and Pedro says, like, in the most, like, Mexican voice, like, not to worry, I made my money on the old-fashioned way or whatever the fuck. Oh, my God. Anyway <laughs> – we never see Pedro again. I'm assuming he's dead. <laughs> he probably got taken. Fucking gun. If I took him, jingo. Oh, poor Pedro. Anyway, back to the movie. Uh, so they go into the cave. Uh, they eventually run into the nail. And the nail is actually played by like a very famous uh, screen queen. Her name's Michelle Bauer. She's actually been in another movie I covered, I think, on, on Bloody Bits Horror Show. I can't remember what it's called. It's like some shit at the Slime Ballorama or something like that. I can't remember. Um, but she's credited in this movie as Cave Bunny, which honestly, no joke, makes a lot of sense that he would call her that. Because she's in a straight-up bikini. Sorry, in a sip. And then all of a sudden we see... Um, there are actually several of those mutant monsters. I thought maybe there was just going to be one. But it's like a whole colony, basically. And uh, Artemis finds the cave bunny. And he tells her he's a friend. And then he immediately manhandles her right after that. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, don't worry, I'm a friend. Bitch, tell me where you're from and what you do and where you're <laughs> He just starts beating the shit out of her. And she's full nail. She can't talk or anything, man. All she's got is hand signals and shit. And she stays low to the ground like a nail. She's like the Jungle Book and shit. It's crazy. And actually, Michelle Bauer does a pretty decent job of acting like a nail. I was like, holy shit. She actually does a really good job of that uh, for the most part. Uh, Paris decides to bring his nail with him. And they try to run uh, from the cave people. And they all sort of just look like... Um, Angry old people at a bingo hall in 1991, you know, just the way they all like all the cave people coming at them. You know, it's not very scary. Uh, then they shoot at the cave people. There's a little back and forth. At some point, the cave people come back around and get them and they grab uh, Big Red. They grab Big Red and they take her. They're able to find out that like light fucks up the, the mutant monster people. So then they they find Big Red on like a spigot of some sort, uh, which is 
something else. It looks like it was honestly – it didn't work. It looks like it was something that – and I'm, I'm sure there's a trivia on this or something. But it looked like something that was for a different thing or like it was just an extra piece lying around and Fred Olin Ray was like, hey, let's use that little – spigot thing and or it's not a, i guess it's like a, it's like you know where you see like a whole pig being like rotated on a fucking rotisserie uh so they have her on one of those he was nice enough to at least put some padding where her chest like her chest and her stomach would be laying on because these monsters are just rotating rotating her and they're able to get her out of that thing and scare them scare the monsters away and then as they get away the movie gets so fucking weird, dude. They run into some robot that only has like little nipple pinching fingers. And they all have guns, but none of them shoot. I guess they're out of bullets. I mean, what are you like? What are what are Eddie and Hagen good for if they don't have like they're not the scientists. They're not the, the they're not the, the, the guy that's going to appraise anything. They're supposed to be the hired guns to protect the team. And I guess they brought three bullets each because they pretty much use all the bullets. Let's face it, it was a budgetary issue. They were just all out of bullets. And then the robot, I thought the robot was working for the mutants at first. I was like, oh, maybe he's like a protector or some shit. But that's not true because he actually shoots one of the mutants. So I guess he's just a robot hanging on the cave at this point because we haven't seen any other purpose of anything else. I assumed... That the Nell was a woman that the cave people took at some point, like at a young age, because I'm smart and I could write. Like, that's the way, like, you could have, like, in my mind, if I were writing a movie, I'd be like, oh, they, the mutants took her, made her like a, a little, like a fucking slave or whatever, um, indentured servant, and, uh, and now she's older. And she doesn't know how to talk or anything because she was like taken by these mutants. But no, 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 of course not. That would be a good movie. Well, I don't know if that would be a good movie, but it would be a movie. Anyway, Big Red uses a tiny small mirror to reflect the laser from the robot, which makes it shoot itself. And somehow that fucking works. The nerds realize that maybe the robot was not made on Earth. It could be from anywhere. So this is when we get this like, wait, is there a sci-fi fucking thing going on here? I thought this was going to be a monster movie, but apparently not. So they get out of the cave and Cocaine Red thinks that the, that's Hagen. He thinks the robot was maybe just a tool for mining, which is stupid. They're trying to like come up with some like a, what might be going on or whatever. And then a few other nails come out of nowhere. There's more nails. And they kind of like. I guess they're supposed to look like natives of some sort, but they just all look like they've had the best shower in their lives. Their hair is all fucking lively and golden and shit and shiny. And the Nell that they had been helping out with them the whole time tells the other Nells, like, hey, back off. Like, these people are good. And then some, like, little silver car shows up. And this is when we see Sybil Danny come out, you know, um, with her, like, with her titty window. It's very distracting. I don't know if I remember any line Sybil Danning says. Every time she's on screen, I'm just like, titty window. So then Hagen decides to get in a fight with Sybil Danning because he's he's on cocaine. Yeah. You know, there's something about coke that's just like, I can beat anybody. So then he starts fighting this <laughs> fucking alien woman for no reason, really. I don't even know why. Oh, it was because she was trying to, like, not treat him uh, like a king. 
she was like, you're just a little bitch human. He's like, what'd you say, bitch? And he starts fighting her. <laughs> know your place. This is 1988. This isn't 2000 yet. So then... <laughs> So it's really funny. It's so stupid and funny. I don't know how to explain. It's so bad, but so good. Then all of a sudden, like, everyone wants to bone Jeffrey Combs. Like, this, everyone wants to bone him. He's he's supposed to be the heartthrob uh, of this movie. The reanimator guy is supposed to be the heartthrob of this movie. I said it. Yeah, I just tried to. I just tried to reanimate. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I try to reanimate my statement. I tried it twice. It still wasn't funny. So then um, Hagen asks how these women survive with no men. Of course he did. He's like, how can these bitches? La- how can these bitches last without like a fucking cockadoodle do man around here? What the hell's wrong with these fucking alien hoes? And I don't know something about mines and the mutants or whatever. <laughs> then. The Nell helps Hagen and Artemis get out of the jail because they get caught. And then there's like this whole fucking shit where all of a sudden we see a fucking dead dinosaur at some point. <laughs> and Artemis is like, I think a T-Rex killed it because he knows dinosaurs too. Then uh, we see Big Red and Eddie, who, by the way, she's basically like Sherry Moon Zombie. I don't know if y'all know Sherry Moon Zombie, but she's been in a bunch of Rob Zombie. She's the wife of Rob Zombie. She's been in a lot of movies. Eddie is basically her, like in every one of those like Devil's Rejects and stuff. Like she gives off that Rob Zombie movie energy, by the way. It's too bad she wasn't this age back when Rob, when, I mean, uh, she wasn't this age when Rob Zombie was making movies because he would have totally fucking brought her on board. And uh, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he brought her on board because he loves a lot of this stuff anyway. He's definitely fucking goodbye cream to this movie. So, uh, uh, come your love. Um, <laughs> it's okay, I'm sorry. So then there's like a bunch of dinosaurs and it looks like Primal Rage. It looks just like Primal Rage because they're all made of clay. It looks like footage taken from a different movie. It's obviously footage taken from a different movie. And I'm sure y'all know the trivia of this and, like, what movie it was taken from. But it's totally taken because I don't think they ever really show them when there's, like, a fight going on. I think there was maybe a prop used at some point. But for the most part, it looks like the footage was taken from a different thing. Um, And then we see some random crystals sticking out of the ground, and apparently those are worth money. Uh, the team's Nell fights another Nell to save Paris, uh, who's uh, Jeffrey Combs. She gets her top ripped off. She gets her top ripped off during the fight, and so of course, you know, because because boobs. And uh, Jeffrey Combs' face. Uh, oh, she starts licking Jeffrey Combs' face like a bomb pop, just licking him like a son bitch. I can't tell if he liked it in real life or not. It kind of looked like he liked it in real life. The camera was, like, waist up, so I couldn't tell. They run into Big Red and Eddie in the caves, and they head out. They find the alien spacecraft. Uh, then run into some random diamonds that are just chilling in some loose dirt because, um, you know, magic and stuff, our alien world realm thing. And so they just start – I don't even know how, like, diamonds are formed like this, but whatever. They're just, like, in dirt. They see like this smoldering bunghole in the dirt. It's just smoldering. It's all steamy. And they head into this little transporter car that we mentioned earlier. I think I mentioned it earlier. I'm not sure. 
and uh, uh, oh, they arrive with Sybil Dadding in it at some point. And then Sybil Dadding sees them, and she's like, stupid small brains, good luck, whatever. So they head out, and it kind of looks like they're in a pretend roller coaster. And then Hagen says, kid, you got to show me how you do that. Because uh, he sees Jeffrey Combs with the nail and Big Red in his arms because he's the sex guy in this movie. (sighs) Oh, God. They head into a different cave, which is why would you do that? They should have reversed and gone the way they came. Why would they keep going forward? They do have small brains. Simple Danny, you're right. The team evacuates the cave and are quickly outside some other cave. Apparently the vehicle explodes in the cave, but we don't see what happens to Sybil Danning, but we're assuming she exploded. Uh, Hagen and the team head out for drinks because uh, that's what I would do after running into mutants, hot alien women, and dinosaurs. And also mutants. Oh, I did say mutants. (laughs) So then, Jesus. There's so much there's so much stuff, okay? I'm sorry. All right. I forgot I mentioned mutants. And then we see Sybil Danning get ready to kill the mutants that are in the cave. Movie end? <laughs> what the fuck did I just watch? It's like a fever dream, dude. So that's the movie. That is the Phantom Empire. Sybil Danning stuck in a cave kills those mutants. I, I couldn't tell what's the relationship between Sybil Danning's alien race of her and the Nels and the mutants. I assume they knew each other. Were the mutants always there in the cave and they just were living like in some kind of they were trying to live in harmony or were the mutants in a different cave? Because it's all a lot of caves. This is a very cave movie, but never like cool cave. It's always like we're just in the very start of a cave. <laughs> It never really feels like, you know, like the descent where it feels claustrophobic. They're in very big caves. I don't know if they ever use a soundstage or something. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But it feels too open to be real. This movie drove me mad crazy. Like, I couldn't figure out what it was trying to do. It wasn't very funny in particular. Like, it was funny in ways that it wasn't trying to be funny. You're just kind of laughing at, like, dumb shit that was going on. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't really pinpoint what it is, but this movie just pissed me off. So now that the movie's over, as you know, I do like to honor a lot of these characters um, that I cover on these movies. With a little segment I like to call Quick Impressions, and this is a segment called Quick Impression. Quick Impressions. Uh, Bill here is a field geologist. So? He was also a member of the Reichman Party. Yeah, the first party. And the last... Well, listen, uh, this calls for a celebration. So sit down. Yeah, a celebration. Yeah, the first party and the last. Well, listen, this calls for a celebration. Sit down. 
a celebration. I hope you like. <laughs> I wish I you know I've been thinking about bringing this show to YouTube at some point, or at least a, a type of I guess like a something like an offshoot of this show on YouTube. Because if you could only see the stupid face I had to make to create that vibe of whatever I was trying to do there. <laughs> I don't know how much it sounded like him, but I tried my best. Anyways, you know, I like to rate these movies by my favorite mustache. And, you know, you have the fucking full Fu Manchu recommendation for Hell Yeah. You have the Walrus mustache recommendation for Pretty Damn Good. The Horseshoe mustache recommendation for Eh, Not Bad. And, of course, the dreaded Hitler mustache recommendation for Burn This Movie in Hell. I would give The Phantom Empire... I think it's a mid-tier horseshoe mustache. I would not burn this movie in hell. I think there are definitely some moments in this film that you can... Like, it's kind of either a movie you have in the background at a party and you just kind of want to have something on. You know, you throw on Tubi, like you throw on your Xbox or whatever, and you put on Tubi and you just play this movie while you're having a party. And so people can kind of tune in on it and check it out there's fucking dinosaurs there's there's boobs <laughs> there's there's some kind of there's monsters there's some violence but it's not too crazy where it's gonna like gross out anybody um it's short like i don't know it's an easy watch for the most part like it did feel like a while um of a watch but i think i just was in the right mindset for this it's a movie you should watch with friends i think and talking about it actually made me kind of like it a little more, even though I was just talking to myself because I'm crazy. But I really would give this a, a mid-tier horseshoe. And, um, yeah, check it out if you're ever bored. You know, don't expect much. You know, it's Fred Olin Ray, and um, he's going to do what he does. Our Fred Onion Ray, as some, I've heard some people call him. Because <laughs> the deeper you get, the stinkier it gets, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, as you know, you can follow the show at Mustachioed Podcastio on Instagram and at M Podcastio on Twitter. Um, you can also uh, check out the link tree uh, link that I have on those, and you can follow the Discord on there. And um, feel free to recommend me some episodes you might have. And don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you rate and review podcasts. I don't care where it's at. I just truly appreciate it when y'all do that. It's awesome. I do read them, and uh, if you want to like insult me um, in the uh, in the reviews, still give it a five star. <laughs> Make it a backhanded compliment, you know? Hey, like, come on, come on! I'm just I'm not doing it. I'm not making money from this. I'm doing this for free. Fuck you! I don't know. Why, I don't know why I get so violent about it. Anyway, I love y'all a long time. And y'all are the best. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you didn't, it's okay, too. Just, you know, you, I guess you made it this far. So, fuck. <laughs> You're a very patient person. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. Bye.